Welcome to the community where passion for life and healthy sexuality connect beautifully and easily. I'm your host, Amanda Ammons, and my goal in life is to help you thrive. And a huge part of that is your sex life. Your one life was meant to be amazing, sex included. You most likely haven't been shown this, but I'm here to tell you, you're beautifully and intricately made. Made for more, made for the best. However your journey brought you here, join me in a new conversation about one of the most amazing things ever created, intricate, passionate intercourse. Together, let's break the shame cycle. Let's learn how to please and be pleased. Let's fight fear, find freedom, and freaking have fun. Welcome to the Passion Connected Show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Passion Connected Podcast. This week is really special because I decided that I wanted to put a little bit of my paid content out there for free. So this is for you guys. This is one of the course videos that is in my Passionate Beginnings course, which is um, all about starting and or restarting an amazing beautiful, healthy sex life, dealing with problems, how to get everything going, how to overcome differences in your sex life and what that looks like, all the things that you don't get taught in sex education in the church by Googling. (laughs) That is what is in my Passionate Beginnings course. And this week I wanted to put on here just to bless whoever really needed it. um, My course audio on initiating an arousal. So in the podcast this week, you're going to be hearing this audio where it talks about um, what arousal feels like, how to get aroused and what to do if you are not aroused, how to handle that, how to initiate sex when there's maybe differences between you or when maybe things feel awkward, how to handle just that whole sort of starting phase. And this is one of the videos out of um, a few that is just centered on starting sex and what that looks like. So here you go. Here is a little bit of my Passionate Beginnings course. All right, we are getting into all of the stuff about sex, all about what it looks like to have sex and actually do the action that you think of when you think of sex. But I do want to make a note here first that I never want you guys to feel like penetration or orgasm is the success because that is going to put pressure on the both of you that is not needed, not necessary, and not right. The entire point of this section as we are talking about initiating sex and having actual intercourse is for creating intimacy. The entire point is to love each other more, be closer together, and be more aligned with who we are meant to be, okay? So I don't ever want you looking at it like we have to have sex or else failure. Because I know a lot of people go into their honeymoons, a lot of people go into their marriages feeling like we should be having sex this number of times, it should be this way, we should do it this way. And when they don't, then they feel all of this weight and they feel like I failed. You only failed if sex was not aligned (laughs) really. And I don't know much of a better way to say it, but you failed if you didn't come closer together and both feel more loved and more like who you were meant to be and more vulnerable. So that is just first what I want to say that we're going to be talking about 
penetration. We're going to be talking about orgasm, but that does not equate to we have succeeded. We are doing good because you can do those things and it can be bad. Uh, you can do those things and it can be in the wrong time, place with the wrong person. So go into this knowing I'm about to learn something, but this is not the end all be all. Okay. With that being said, we are going to talk about initiating and arousal. So I wanted to lump these two together in this video because initiating sex can sometimes lead to arousal and sometimes arousal leads to initiation. So I think they kind of go together. I want to talk first about what I mean by arousal. So every person men, women, doesn't matter. They have a pattern to their sexual pleasure that is like a bell curve. And so it goes up and then it goes down. There's this starting point and then you hit a peak and sometimes you can plateau. Sometimes you go down from that peak really fast, whatever it looks like. You kind of come up, you have your most intense sexual pleasure, and then you come down and there's kind of like the finish out at the end. So that initial coming up, and I'm probably doing this backwards because I don't know, whatever it looks like on the screen, but you guys get what I'm saying. There's a starting point and you have to build yourself up. So that starting point is when you are going to start feeling aroused. Now people get aroused on and off all day long and it can look different for different people. So it doesn't necessarily mean like I'm aroused. I have to go have sex. Like that's not what we're saying here. But in order to have sex well, you want arousal to be there. So what does arousal feel like? Well, it can often be described different ways. Um, for women, I mostly hear, I feel it in my gut. Like I feel it down right around the intestines really, but what they're probably feeling is their uterus kind of contracting. Sometimes the uterus can like jump a little, get excited. Um, when you get aroused, oftentimes blood, and we've already talked about this in the anatomy section, but blood rushes down to the vulva and the vagina. And as it starts filling up, you can have a tingling sensation, sort of a pulling or tightening. Um, it can feel hot. Some people say that it feels like they need to pee. So anywhere on that spectrum and more is normal. Okay. So whatever you feel like when you feel aroused, that's for you. That is your signal that is telling you, Oh, something sort of hit me. There are other signals like for women, their nipples tend to get erect. Um, and for guys, they will get erect. Guys also will describe that sort of like gut tightening or gut pulling feeling. And then the other signal is just your brain and thinking, Ooh, I liked that or I was turned on or whatever it is. And so those are sort of your signals that my body is starting to get ready. Um, when it comes to arousal though, it is not, okay, so how, do, let me think of the best way to put this. It's important because it, you can't orgasm without arousal. So if you want to have an orgasm, that is going to have to build. So it's important. It's there, it's a part, it matters. But 
you do not have to be aroused to start having sex. It is not this thing where if, if you aren't aroused, it's not going to happen. Or if you are aroused, it has to happen. And so don't put a ton of weight on we, whenever you feel aroused, like we're aroused right now or we're not, because more than likely one or the other of you is going to be aroused at a time when the other person is not and vice versa, because you guys are going to have different times where you are feeling that pull and that tension and that you're ready. And so you don't have to come to sex already being aroused. You can build that up. You can work into that. The other thing I want to say here is stereotypes. So I think this is a really big one. Um, my husband and I pretty much cancel out, like we're the opposite of all men and women stereotypes. So I want you to take what you know about men and women and how they are in sex and probably just throw it all away. <laughs> because I think God created each individual so unique and so beautiful and different things are going to arouse them because they are a different person. There are women who are aroused by seeing men and there are women who are not. There are men who are aroused by seeing women and there are men who are not. There are people who are aroused by the same gender. There are people who are aroused by thoughts and words and sounds. There are people who are aroused by smell and touch. There are different things that affect different people. And I think oftentimes the Christian culture can play into this thing where it's like men are all about sight and women are all about emotions. And you will read that in a lot of books. Please throw that out. You have to figure out what it is that you are aroused by. What do you want and what do you desire? And that's it. That's it. And that is what you communicate to your person. And you want to hear from them as well. You want them to tell you. This is what arouses me because I know that I went into my marriage thinking he just wants to see me like that's all he cares about. And I came out in lingerie outfit after lingerie outfit. And it was like, he just froze. He didn't, he didn't even know what to do. He was like, uh, and it wasn't that, you know, I wasn't visibly pleasing to him. I was, but he is very emotion driven. He's an emotionally driven person. And I have found that, yes, the side of me turns him on, but compliments and connection and this intimacy, that gets him going. Me, I'm all about like words, pretty much. Words and sounds, that's what gets me going. And that's not always the same for other women. Some women, it, it is the emotion like it would be for my husband, but we are all different. And so you have the pleasure and the joy of figuring each other out and letting each other know what gets you going. What does that look like? And I, I want to make a note here too. A lot of people feel like if, if they're not getting it, if they're not, you know, they don't understand what arouses you, there's like something wrong or like they should just do it. They should just figure it out. They should just know that is putting way too much pressure on the other person. If there is something that you know that you want, say it, 
It doesn't make it any less special. It does not make it any less special. If I am like, I want you to grab my butt, then he's excited like, yeah, let's do it. I will grab your butt. <laughs> but if I'm sitting there going, I'm feeling turned on, my butt is right by his hand, I really want him to grab it, but I really wish that he would just know that I want him to. I mean, there's a million and one things that he could be thinking about in the world. And just because I decided at this moment that I think that that would be great and that, that what's, that's what turns me on, then I, I, that doesn't mean I should expect him to do it or to know it or to think the exact same thing or to read my mind. So I just want to say, it's okay to tell each other. It's okay to tell each other what does and does not turn you on. And for my spouse, for Kylan, it was like, eventually he was like, yeah, I really love you coming out in an outfit, but like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. And I was like, oh, all right, okay. All right, so I need to help prepare him. I need to let him know I'm thinking sex, not just walk out in a lingerie outfit and catch him off guard and then me feel like, what, you don't think I'm pretty and whatever. I had all of my own dramatic thoughts that I brought into it and created more problems than if I would have just heard him and listened to what he said and asked him like, okay, why isn't this working? And turned around and said, okay, like, I will prepare you next time. I will let you know. And I did. And it has gone great ever since. And it was just that one little tweak because we decided to communicate. So figure yourselves out, communicate it to your spouse, figure them out, have fun with it, learn each other, be the person who knows them to a T, who knows their little quirks, who knows their little signs and their little signals, whether they've told you or not, have fun investigating who they are and how they work. Because that is one of the joys of marriage is you get to know someone more intimately than anybody else knows them. Um, and that is the other thing I wanna say on arousal, and this goes with initiating too, is that learn each other's signals and you can communicate this to each other, but Sometimes we're not really paying attention to our spouse when they're trying to give us little hints and knowing what to look for can be really good. So, you know, they're giving you a certain like, oh, I've got to look for you. Like, hey, come on, pay attention to that. Try to get that in your memory of like, oh, when they do this, that means this. And so you guys sort of have your own little playbook. Now I know that there are some couples who have like, signal words like we have a fun signal word which I will never let you guys know because it's ours and it's our little fun word that I say it and he knows exactly what I mean and it has literally nothing to do with sex like nobody would ever know but I can just say it and he knows that that's what I'm thinking or there can be like little touches that aren't just like oh I really like you but more like oh I would really like to do more with you um, and just being in tune to that, because those are those are the things that make it sparky, that make it fun. Um, so it's always fun to learn those things about your partner. Okay, so that is arousal, what it feels like, and a little bit of initiating. But what does it look like to actually initiate sex? First of all, when you're just starting off, it can be incredibly awkward, like super awkward, <laughs> because who just undresses in front of people or who just says, Hey, I want to have sex or 
do we schedule sex or do we not? Like there's so much that goes into initiation and you're trying to get two people on the same page. Again, with this whole arousal thing, you're trying to get two people on the same page. And so here are a few tips with initiating. First of all, there are two different types of people typically when it comes to um, initiating sex and that is the planned and the spontaneous. There are the people that really like it to be spontaneous and the people that really like it to be planned. I recommend you working with that however as best as possible and typically that looks like the schedule type person scheduling it in and making it spontaneous for the spontaneous person. So that can look like you guys figuring out how many times a week you want to do it or what it what kind of works with your schedule, um, how you're feeling about it. Is it an everyday thing? Is it, we do it at night? Do we do it during lunchtime and we have lunch breaks? What does that look like? And then having the scheduling person kind of schedule it out and just bring it up when the time is right for the spontaneous person. Or you can both try to schedule it together and still make it spontaneous and enjoyable. And I have a podcast episode that I will link up. <laughs> So I have one all about scheduling and why it's so, so good for sex and why it doesn't ruin anything, but instead makes it so much better because it's like you just planned a party for yourself and now you just get to make it awesome and show up and have a ton of fun together. So just know there are those two different types and, and talk with each other, figure out, okay, what type are you? What type am I? How can we best make this work? Because what you don't want is there's sort of this um, cycle that happens with couples when they are not on the same page and not communicating well. They do this approach and avoid thing where one person approaches and the other one like avoids and then that person approaches and the other person avoids and you just keep going back and forth and it's this weird cycle and you're like, why are we never on the same page? Why is this happening? Why are we like attacking and getting mad at each other and all that sort of stuff? So you want, you don't ever want either of you to feel rejected because rejection hurts. Sexual, sexual rejection cuts deeper because it is really, really being vulnerable. And if someone feels like I just got denied, that can be really painful and, and it can plant seeds there that you don't want to plant. Now, if it happens, it's not like it's the end of the world, pull the weed out and move on but it can cause pain points and you want to avoid that as much as you can. So to the person approaching, if, if this is the cycle that you guys are going through, try to plan it out. That's what I would suggest first is schedule it out. But to the person that is typically approaching or talking about sex first or thinking about sex first or making more time for sex, whatever it looks like, keep being bold keep communicating now don't ever be the person who puts pressure on and makes it seem like they have to do this otherwise they're disappointing you or they're making marriage awful or they're whatever it is but keep putting yourself out there and know that if they say no it doesn't mean the end of your world it doesn't mean anything about you it is about them they're saying no for their reasons, not because it is a rejection of you. 
And even if it has something to do with down the road, they're mad at you or they're frustrated, that's still about them. That's still about them. And you guys can figure that out separate, but it doesn't mean anything about who you are as a sexual, beautiful human being. To the person who is typically avoiding, and you can be both. So I want everyone listening to listen to both and know that you are probably at some point gonna be an approacher and an avoider. It's gonna be one side or the other. But if you typically are the avoider, please try to be very gentle with the person approaching you and letting them know that it is not about them, that it is about you, that you aren't in that space right now or whatever. And then you guys can communicate about it from there and you can go from there and you guys can figure out, okay, one person wants it. One person doesn't. Where do we, where do we go? We don't just do it because one person wants it and we don't just not do it because one person doesn't want it. That is not how that works. You have to communicate and come together and come to a consensus. You have to agree. That's what marriage is. <laughs> you have to find middle ground with each other. So it may be yes this time, no next time, or yes to this many times and or this amount of time, or I've had times where it was like, I am so exhausted. Yes, but also only yes if this is fairly short, or only yes if I feel like we're really intimate, or whatever it is. And, and putting those stipulations is not something to like have a leash on someone and be like, all right, you gotta listen to me and like, you know, I'm, I'm controlling this thing in only my way. That's not what that is for, but it is to help find a way to make it where you can both come together in the way that you need to. Um, all right, let's see if I had anything else I wanted to make sure I said. Okay, yes. So initiating. First of all, communicate. Second of all, flirt. Um, there are a lot of ways to try to initiate sex. My favorite one is, hey, hon, you wanna go have sex? <laughs> I'm very straightforward. Um, Kyle is not, he's more like sly. He's like, I don't know. He just, he, he'll try to like touch or talk in a way. And I always have to kind of like pick up on that. Like, okay, what is he saying? Is he saying sex? Cause I'm really not sure. And then I'm typically like, are you saying sex? <laughs> And so then we'll kind of move from there, but have fun with the ways that you initiate it. Um, and also when everything gets going, when you're actually starting to go to whatever place you're wanting to have sex and get things sort of rolling, I want you to keep three things in mind. One, affirm each other because initiating is probably the most tender spot of the whole thing. A lot of people are fine once they actually like get their clothes off and are having intercourse and then the cleanup is normally fine now that can be different for everyone depending on circumstances but typically the most like vulnerable part is this initiation time where you're like do i just follow you do we have fun do we try to be like a movie scene and make out against the door on the way to the bed like what is this actually going to look like so you need to affirm each other Affirm, affirm, affirm. As they're taking their clothes off or you're taking their clothes off, affirm. Because it is going to be awkward. Like, I don't know how movies make it look so seamless to just rip your shirt off, but like, it's not always that seamless. Sometimes your head gets stuck in the hoodie that you're wearing. 
that wasn't that flattering anyway. Like it's just, it can be a mess. So affirm each other in, in just how much you're having fun with each other and loving each other and just keep that positivity going. Along with that, learn to laugh because there are going to be awkward moments. There have been times where I have hit my head onto my husband's nose. There are times where he's like kicked me. I've accidentally kneed him in the groin. Like it's been a whole, <laughs> a circus. It's been a circus sometimes and you have to learn to laugh. And there are times where it's like, do you want me to take your clothes off? I don't know. I don't really care. What do you think? How do you feel? And then we laugh about it because it's fun. It's made to be fun and relaxing and enjoyable and not stressful. You don't have to be anything other than vulnerable and intimate and loving. So affirm, laugh, and lastly, just go for it. Now this is kind of it's an overcoming fear thing, which we do have a section on like overcoming trauma and fear and, and dealing with that sort of stuff. But if you are feeling nervous during this, this initiation and it's not centered around some sort of trauma, if you're just feeling like, I'm just nervous, like this is, this is new, this is scary, this is something I'm not really used to, Am I, do I look sexy doing this, do I not, does it matter to him, does it not, just go for it because they love you. They're there with you. They're doing this with you in their own way, however it is they're being vulnerable too. And so just go for it. They probably think you are hot stuff. I mean, they're about to have sex with you. And in any case, you are hot stuff. So just go for it. Jump in, have fun, be bold, be vulnerable. You got this. All right, I will see you in the next video or where we are going to start talking about how to actually do it, doing the deed, doing the intercourse. So it's gonna be so fun. I hope this was really helpful for you guys. All right, guys, I know that was a lot of information. I hope that you took notes and really gained something from this week that you are able to take away and apply to your own sex life. I would love to hear what benefited you most. You can connect with me on Instagram, message me, let me know if this was helpful for you. Also, if you're interested in my Passionate Beginnings course, it is open, it is available, and you can get in there for an extra 20% off right now with the code PASSION, all caps, P-A-S-S-I-O-N in the checkout. And I would love to see you in there. So if you really are wanting to start um, a new journey in your sex life and or you did just start a new journey in your sex life, um, maybe you just got married, maybe you're engaged and you need to learn a few things. Um, maybe this feels overwhelming. Maybe sex has been really difficult. I would love to see you in there. I will have the links for everything in the show notes and I can't wait to see you guys next week here on the podcast.